Welcome, everyone, to Rochester, New York. We're coming to you from the Blue Cross Arena. Merrimack gets set to take on Rochester Institute of Technology here as we finish up this two-game Atlantic Hockey Weekend Series. And uh, John Leahy visiting with the head coach of the Merrimack Warriors, Scott Borek. And, uh, Scott, great to get back into the win column Thursday night. You pick up a 3-1 win over Holy Cross. Uh, let's start with your thoughts. Well, it was certainly a good uh, boost for our team. You know, it's, uh, we've done a lot of things right this year that uh, haven't gone our way. I haven't felt like we've gotten a whole lot of puck luck. Um, but in that game, I think we did. You know, they had a goal call back, that uh, an early whistle. Uh, and I thought we got some solid goals. I think we played well in front of our goalie, giving him a nice pocket to play his position. And um, I think as the game wore on, we gained more confidence. Our special teams gave us a good night. Um, so I, I was very pleased. And I think our guys took away a lot of confidence from that game. Well, Scott, the power play certainly clicked for you. You wind up scoring twice uh, with the man advantage. Uh, turned out to be the difference in the game. What do you think uh, it was that uh, made it so successful? You know, I thought those uh, the three of them had not played together. Uh, Logan Drevich and Pat Kramer and Sam Tavernia had not played together on the power play up until that point uh, this season. And I really think they just moved the puck well. You know, uh, Pat and, and Logan really moved the puck well, typically. And Sammy's kind of a shooter. Uh, and I thought they just fit well. And they played fast. And that's sometimes a problem on a power play. You don't play fast. And you slow it down. You actually end up killing the penalty for them. But in that, that particular night, Holy Cross came after us a little bit. They opened some seams up. Uh, certainly, I thought both power play goals were beautiful, kind of backdoor tap-ins, and it was all because of the puck movement and the way the play guys played fast. And uh, not only the power play, Scott, but the penalty kill was terrific. You guys killed off each uh, disadvantage. Uh, again, uh, what did you see there is in terms of uh, what made it successful? Well, you know, goaltending is the number one thing always on penalty kill. And uh, the second thing was I, I thought we did a nice job. and We have, we keep a stat of how much how much of a penalty kill we're in the zone. And you know, we were only in the zone for six minutes of the 12 minutes they had the power play. And that's 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 really good. You're going to be successful if that's the case. And I thought we did a really good job at our own blue line. We retrieved pucks well, and we actually got clears. And uh, you, as a coach, you know that at least 70% of the time when you get a failed clear, it ends up in the back of your net. Uh, and we didn't have any failed clears in that game, and I think that was a big difference in the PK. Well, uh, one, one of the guys I know that you're looking forward to get going offensively is Sammy Tavernia. He wound up with a two-point night, a goal and an assist. Really nice to see Sammy get on the score sheet and get rewarded. Yeah, I know it was. It both, you know, his assist was beautiful, put the game away, uh, and obviously his uh, goal put us in the lead. So a real big night for him. Uh, I think Sammy can score. He just, we just need to get him inside the dots and put him in, in um, you know, kind of the offensive part of the ice. And when he does that, he's very, very effective. And when he's not as confident, he doesn't do that. And so I think that uh, the change of lines, the opportunity to score that goal on the power play, the rest of the game, I thought he was outstanding. Killed a lot of penalties for us. Um, you know, he just he has a real offensive game to that to his to his game, and we need to find a way to bring it out. And I thought the other night we were able to, uh, and we need that to continue to go forward if we're going to be successful. And the goaltending Scott was terrific the other night. Troy Coburn, thirty-four saves, some of the spectacular variety, and uh, really seemed to settle in there against Holy Cross. You know, I think the, the the key for us is making the first save of the game, and he did that. And then um, he kind of built off of that. And then and the first save was, uh, well, you know, hit him in the chest, and he felt. And I think when goalies get hit in the chest, they feel like they're positionally in a very good place. Uh, their confidence level goes up, and I thought that happened for him. Uh, and as the game wore on, he got more and more confident. And he did make some really nice saves in the third period when they had some possession. Uh, but I think that you know, the one thing about Troy is he, as we've talked about in the past, he really prepares, um, and he doesn't get rattled. 
and that that's that's huge. And and I thought in that game, uh, given our team hadn't won a game yet, uh, we've been struggling with confidence. Uh, he knows you know that we played all five freshmen D, D in that game. Um, I think he was really big to help us get through it and get through the difficult times in our own end, and then his confidence grew as well. Scott, tonight you get a look at RIT. Uh, this team has won two of their first three, a team that seems to appear to like to dictate the physical play. What sticks out to you about the Tigers? Well, you said it. I mean, they were a very physical team, and they just um, they really play hard. They play, they're a very hard four-checking team. They create momentum off the four-check. Uh, that's kind of their game plan. Uh, it's not game plan just this year. That's been their game plan forever. Uh, and I expect them to put pucks deep and make us go hunt. And then, you know, when we go hunting, I'm sure they're going to put us up against the glass as much as they can. We need to make sure we use our legs, uh, use good support, and get pucks, move pucks, you know, quickly to uh, your partner or to the forward. Uh, because much like Lake Superior did against us the opening game of the season, they're going to just chip and, and run a lot. And we need to make sure that we you know, do a better job of handling that than we did in that opening game. Um, they do have some good sticks. I think we'll see. It. I think we're going to see a stronger offensive team than we saw the other night. Uh, their power play is exceptional, uh, and their goaltender is a big problem. He's really talented. He does a really good job playing the puck. Uh, really, he's a third defenseman, and, and you have to handle him on the on your own forecheck to spend any time at all in their zone, and that's a, that's a challenge. And I know from the film we've watched in all three of their games, um, including the last game against Ohio State, they didn't spend a lot of time in RIT zone, and that's a lot to do with the goaltender. Scott, this is a great hockey town. Merrimack will be here for homecoming here. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on uh, this arena here. It might be one of the nicest arenas we'll play in this year. Uh, have you been here before, and uh, what do you think of it, and uh, what do you expect in terms of a homecoming atmosphere tonight? Well, I haven't been in this arena before. It's an American League arena, but a little bit bigger. Uh, you know, obviously, with I think it's what ten thousand six hundred, and I know the game is sold out, which will it will be a uh, great atmosphere for our players to play in front of. Um, RIT has kind of a ravenous fan base when they when they show, and I've played against them in national tournaments and, and also in their own rank, and it can be a really hard place to play. Uh, and I, I think tonight will be no different. I think they they expect uh, you know ten thousand six hundred, and they expect probably 10,000 people in orange jerseys. So uh, it will be an interesting environment. I think it will be fun for our team. you got to embrace that. And, you know, don't be intimidated by it. You know, those people aren't playing the game. Uh, just embrace it, enjoy it, and have fun with it. It's got a great opportunity for both teams. You know, the, everybody always talks about the home team, how, how much it gets them juiced up and all that. But I think it's a great opportunity for both teams, and we're going to enjoy that tonight and hopefully use that uh, environment and the atmosphere to raise our game. Well, Scott, here, game two of the uh, road trip. Are there any uh, significant lineup changes from Thursday night? Uh, we're going to play 7-D tonight. Uh, I like the way that five freshmen played the other night with Dom Dockery, but you know Tyler Heights had a pretty good start to his season, and uh, he watched the other night. I'm hoping that to, to, to simplify his game. Uh, sometimes that's the best medicine for a player. Uh, and Joey Cassetti uh, is going to go in and play with Tyler Drevich, who's going to move to the middle with Griff Jessica. But um, And then we're also actually going to move uh, Hugo Esselin back up to the line with Jordan Seaford and, Lo- and uh, Liam Walsh. That was a very good line for us at uh, Lake Superior when we played them together. Um, I thought that they did a, a pretty good job heading out of that series. Um, and I'm going to put them back together because I think that uh, they, they all add something different, you know. And Jordan's done really well in the middle. Liam Hunts and uh, Hugo's a very, very smart player. So uh, I'm excited to see them back together and see what they can bring to us. All right, Scott, uh, maybe a quick key or two. Uh, what do you feel will be most important for Merrimack as you approach this game tonight? 
Number one is to stay out of the penalty box. Uh, they because of their power play, uh, they do play a, a game that can cause a lot of negative emotions in the game. Uh, they're in your face. They talk a lot. Um, I don't personally enjoy that game, but you know you just got to be mature enough to go through it without uh, getting caught up in it. So we're going to stay very very disciplined tonight. Um, and secondly, we're going to need to forecheck and get some offensive zone time. But my uh, two biggest concerns are our discipline and our offense ability to create offensive zone time. Uh, we've talked a lot about the discipline piece. Uh, it's hard with a very young team uh, in junior hockey to just drop the gloves and get in a fight, but you can't do that here. Um, and we need to be able to handle the atmosphere and their physicality. If we can do that, um, I think it'll be great. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing to see how this game's going to go is the first 10 minutes. I expect them to be on their toes, dumping a lot of pucks, trying to run us out of the rink physically. Um, we need to play well in that first 10 minutes and break out of the zone. And I think if we do that, it'll be a really good game the rest of the way. Scott, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for taking a few moments, and uh, we'll look forward to speaking with you Friday night. UNH in town. Hockey's play will get started, and uh, we'll look forward to it. Thanks again for your time. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. All right, he's Scott Borak, the head coach of Merrimack Warrior Men's Hockey. When we come back, we'll have the Duncan starting lineups from Rochester, New York next. You're listening to Merrimack Warrior Men's Hockey on the Merrimack Radio Sports Network.